1: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're listening across the Big Blue View Radio network, please subscribe wherever you listen to, to your podcasts. All right, uh, Giants fans, we know that uh, for many of you, your attention has turned uh to the 2024 NFL Draft, and I'm I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dane Brugler of The Athletic as we uh, as we get an early look at uh, at the 2024 draft. Dane, thank you very very much for uh, for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ed. And uh, I I have to uh, I have to 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 thank you for for impeccable timing today. Um, we're talking on Wednesday. And uh, Dane's first mock draft of the 2024 cycle dropped this morning, and uh, and I promise we we didn't do this on purpose, but but the timing is impeccable and perfect, and and thank you for that. <laughs>
2: oh well, hey, I moved up the mock just just for this. Uh, I was gonna run Thursday, Friday. I was like, nope, I'm going on with that Wednesday. Let's do the mock Wednesday. So uh, yeah, worked worked out. Works for
1: me. Works for me. I had your Giants cohort Dan Duggan on earlier this week. Had Charlotte Carroll on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So it's it it's an it's an athletic run for us here on the wow, big. They, they L- do right such great work. You. That's great. Yeah. So so hey, we we of course have to start with your mock, and you you selected Malik Neighbors wide receiver from LSU for the Giants. Um, I'm curious you know, the thought process that went into that, I know that the first five were the two quarterbacks, Williams and May, uh, Marvin Harrison, and the two offensive tackles, Alton and Fashanu. So that's what was off the board. Uh, so I'm just curious, your your thought process on, uh, on neighbors at six for the Giants.
2: Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, there's gonna be plenty of quarterback <clears throat> conversations uh, that this organization is going to have the next five months. Um, uh, you know, similar or it, similar to last year, but different. Um, Now with Daniel Jones under contract, but with the injury, it's another factor in all of this. Um, Will the Giants end up with a pick uh, to get either of those first two quarterbacks, Caleb Williams or Drake may, or will they like any of these other quarterbacks, uh, the QB three uh, enough to take in the top seven to 10 picks wherever the Giants end up finishing in the draft order. So plenty of quarterback conversations to have I went with Malik neighbors here. Uh, I I think it's a chance for this offense to get more dynamic, regardless of who's at quarterback. Uh, This is a guy that could be a true number one for this offense. Um, I, when, when you scout players, something that I pay attention to with offensive skill players is explosive plays. Malik neighbors has more explosive plays than anybody else. Any other receiver in college football, he has 34 receptions of 20 plus yards this year. And to put that in context, that's tied for the most over the last five years in college football tied with Jamar Chase who had 34 back in what 2019 that national title year and that Mm -hmm. that was with 14 games two more games than Malik neighbors has had so he uh he's got over 1500 receiving yards productions off the charts uh and it's not it's not a lot of gimme receptions here I mean he is down the field making plays uh of his all of his catches this year, over 80% have resulted in a first down or touchdown. Anything over 70% is a great number. He's over 80%, which is unbelievable. So uh, now he's got a Heisman Trophy winner or Heisman Trophy contender, uh, and Jaden Daniels throwing to him, that sure helps. Um, But this guy, and he's he's a young player, he's still just 20 years old, still discovering how good he can be. Not the biggest guy. Uh, You know, he's going to be right around 200 pounds, But the speed, the athleticism that he plays with, uh, he can make guys miss. He can get open uh, mid route. And then his adjustment skills at the catch point, it's just all very natural for him. So, again, you drop this guy into the offense. And and I understand why some will be, uh, uh, you know, maybe not love this pick. They want to uh, address other need areas. Um, you know, they, they, I understand maybe not addressing a, a position like receiver until, you know, later on and wherever this team is in their process. But when you have a chance to add a difference maker like this, I, it's hard to say no, because it, regardless of who's that quarterback, he's going to make the offense better. And not just, you know, the one receiver spot, he's going to make Wondell Robinson better. You know, he's going to make uh, you know, top to bottom, you know, the running game better, the quarterback better. So th- this can be the type of pick that really sh- reshapes this offense.
1: It's interesting. One of the things that, that you said, I think that I like most is the fact that he's still 20 years old. Yeah. I love taking these guys be- at, at 2021 20, age matters, I think age matters because of just the, the length of NFL careers and the, mm-hmm. and the growth process and all that. So I love getting these guys when they're, you know, when they're, when they come in at, at 21 or so, I think that's awesome. Um, and, and the other thing, um, that, that I always find people ask me, Oh, what do the giants need? And And you can, you can say quarterback, you can say wide receiver, you can say more on the edge, you can say corner, you can say whatever you want. I always say difference makers.
2: Yeah, that's it. And and, and, and <laughs> I think that's that hits the nail on the head because especially when you're picking in the top 10, if you're drafting 21st, I, I understand maybe focusing on need over anything else. But when you're drafting top 10, the goal should not be to, okay, what's our number one need? Okay, that's where we need to go. It's not about addressing those needs. It's about adding a a true blue chipper, a guy that is, uh, you know, can be a tent pole for your franchise, for your roster. And and like you said, a difference maker. Uh, Who is going to impact this roster the most? And, you know, obviously, quarterback is going to be part of this conversation. There's no doubt. But an impact player on offense like this who, you know he like you know he's young he's uh really ascending at the right time and you feel like he still has room to grow like he's still getting better and better so you know you, you getting this guy at a a point in his career where uh he's really taking off and so you know he's he led the SEC in catches each of the last two years um it's not just a flash in the pan at the moment he showed up as a 17 year old freshman uh at LSU he made an impact right away. And then went over a thousand yards last year as a sophomore, and then this year over fifteen hundred yards. Um, it just has has been outstanding. So yeah, I I don't think that maybe not everyone's going to have a hundred percent universal approval rating of this pick, but it's I don't think it's a pick that anyone will be uh, you know throw the pen down and say oh this is a terrible. I, I don't think anybody will go to that length because this only helps everybody on the offense.
1: Well, this is the internet, Dane. Nobody ever has a unanimous opinion about anything. So. Uh, every
2: comment I've gotten in my mock draft <laughs> has been 100%. They agree with every pick. So it's been, yeah, it's been great so far.
1: Wow. Your guys did a, uh, you know, we talked about Dan and Charlotte, and they did a a survey of Giants fans last week with eight or nine questions. And and Dan was shaking his head because the, the should Joe Shane and Brian Dable return for a third year next year? Mm. The... The yes responses to that were in the ninety-five-96% range, and that's just stunning. That was just stunning to me. But I mean, I think they should both be back, but that was stunning to me. So let's move on. And you know, you said earlier that the Giants are going to have to have the quarterback conversation. And let me start with a quick comment on Daniel Jones that I that I want your take on. I have said that, you know, we've argued about what Daniel Jones is and is not for years at Big Blue View, and Giants fans do that all the time. And what I have said is the reasons for his success and his failure and whatever are what they are. And in year five, considering his two neck injuries, his torn ACL, the fact that this year hasn't gone well, he's got one more year of guaranteed money on his contract – to me the reasons don't matter anymore what matters is it's five years it's not looking the way you want it to look there's one more year left on his contract and whether they do it in round one or they do it later in some way shape or form it's time for the giants to start looking forward to who's next Mm. i don't know if you, you agree with that
2: uh, it's hard to disagree. Uh, and I, I think that when you look at this quarterback class, uh, you know, we'll see which underclassmen come out, but this has a chance to be a really, uh, deep group of quarterbacks. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think at the very least you're drafting somebody on day two or day three that you think you can develop, you think is going to, uh, create competition. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't think, Tommy DeVito is a part of the long-term plan necessarily, but you know, he's at least given you something. So it's someone else to add to the mix. That's going to give you uh, competition on that depth chart. So um, the most important position in all of sports uh, is, is at quarterback. And so if you're not trying to a, every season, you should look at your situation and say, okay, can we upgrade here? And if the answer is not a resounding, no, then you should be looking at every option. You know, it's just just due diligence. That's what that's what a smart, uh, you know, coaching staff and smart front office would do. And with Daniel Jones, especially now with his injury, you're looking at your options, saying I, I, it might be smart to go in a different direction here, best for the long term. So
1: let's have the the QB three conversation a little
2: bit. Every analyst
1: that I look at, every board that I look at, and it's it's mm-hmm. way early and we haven't gone through the senior bowl and we haven't gone through the interviews and we haven't gone through the combine and the NFL coaches haven't got involved in this yet. So everything's going to change. But right now, you know, you pretty clearly put your mm-hmm. marker down in this mock draft that you think Jaden daniels is qb3 at least right now i think the only other quarterback you had go in the first round was jj mccarthy which was later in the round to to seattle um just at this early stage you know why do you think it it's daniels as as qb3 and 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 do you think uh and, and how do you think that all might shake out in the end well
2: if you would have told me um before the season that Jaden Daniels would have been uh, QB three in a top 10 pick in my first mock draft in December or, uh, you know, late November, I would not have believed it. I mean, I think you, he's been, this is his fifth season as a starter at college in college football. So obviously everyone has a formed opinion of him uh, going into his final year. And, you know, he was a good player at Arizona state. It kind of fizzled there at the end. Uh, it was a rough situation and that Herm Edwards, Uh, when he was head coach there. Goes to LSU last year, made big improvements. Um, And then this year, his first time back-to-back years in the same system. And it is showing with the way he is executing. Um, Now, yes, he has an NFL receivers to throw to. Uh, Not only neighbors, but his other receiver, uh, Brian Thomas Jr., also appears in this mock draft. Um, and and then even the other two receivers that he throws to are, are going to be drafted in the NFL. So he's throwing to, uh, NFL level guys. But with that said, he's still creating and he's getting better and better and better. Um, you know, his processing from the pocket, his, uh, understanding of, uh, you know, route concepts, uh, with how coverages are trying to, uh, you know, take away things. And then, okay, if, this, this isn't going to work. Okay. So we're going to do this. He He's finding solutions and that's something that we didn't always see before. So his maturation to get better and better and better is something that I think is really encouraging. Um, and I, again, I mentioned that the explosive plays with Malik neighbors. Okay. With Jaden Daniels uh, so far this year in 12 games, and this is why I, don't, I think it's a easy choice for the Heisman. I don't think it's even a, a really a, a, a much of a competition there at the top. He has accounted this year for 90 total explosive plays. Uh, nobody comes close to that uh, in college football. Uh, I think, I believe Michael Penix is two. He's in the 60s. Um, but just go over the last five years. Uh, the That's the most explosive plays in one season by a quarterback. Joe Burrow, in that amazing national championship season he had in 2019, one of the best quarterback years we've ever seen at the college level, he had 87 explosive plays in 15 games jay and danos has 93 more in three less games in uh in 12 games this year so what he's doing this year is unparalleled and it's it's really remarkable to see uh most of those have been with his with his arm this is not a okay first reads not there i'm gonna drop my eyes and go run uh he exhausts every uh option that he has uh through his reads and progressions before he does run and then when he does Man is he fast! He destroys pursuit angles. Scares me a little bit. He's a little bit of a maniac uh, when he's uh, deciding to run. Needs to protect his body a little bit more, especially I think that'll be one of the biggest knocks on him throughout the draft process. Is just that slim figure that he has. Uh, he is six three and a half, and you know, right now he's two oh five. So scouts are hoping maybe two twelve, two fifteen for the combine. Um, but just that the leaner features are something that will be. Uh, talked about quite a bit because he does like to run um, and when he does run that he will uh, instead of just escaping out of bounds or slide he will take some hits and he needs to uh, just you know for the longevity of his body and his career doesn't need to prove how tough he is every single run so uh, but I think when you talk about the work ethic you talk to the LSU coaches they rave about uh, how much he puts in um, and it's really manifesting itself on the field this year so Jaden Daniels I again, I think you just run out of reasons why he shouldn't be quarterback three and why he can't make an impact at the next level. So um, you look at it, there can be several teams that miss out on either Caleb or or Drake may in the top three. And then it becomes okay, you're looking at uh, the Raiders, the Giants, uh, the, the Buccaneers, uh, there, there's several teams that are kind of on the fence with quarterback, and they're going to have this quarterback three conversation and Jane Daniels is going to be at the forefront. Of that conversation, as they discuss, okay, where we do we feel like this guy is an upgrade for us? Do we feel like uh, he is worthy of a first round pick? And you know, I think the more we go into this process, the more clear it will be for several of these teams that, hey, you know what, I, he could be that spark we're missing. Um, you know, is he a perfect player? No, there there's some some concerns here. But when we focus on the strengths and what Jane Daniels gives us and what he brings to our offense. It, 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 the best case scenario where we're thinking some, you know, we're getting pretty uh, excited for what it could be. And so for several of these teams that are tired of watching, uh, it, you know, it, you think of the Raiders situation, uh, the giants are part of this, uh, you know, they're, they're tired of watching the quarterback situation. Jane Daniels gives them something more that, um, you know, I think he gets you a fan base in a, in a franchise pretty excited.
1: It's interesting because there are a lot of people that are upset that the Giants have actually won two games in a row, and that that right. you know that at this point you know you know how sure. this goes. Everybody wants the first and second pick, and they've unless they trade up, they've kind of taken themselves out of the the Caleb Williams Drake May conversation at at this point. You know, we talked about Daniels, but I've been I've been working on a list and I've been doing some study and I'm looking at all of the maybe not superstar quarterbacks, but successful quarterbacks in the NFL that were drafted beyond round one at this point. And my list right now includes Jalen Hurts, who might be an MVP candidate. It includes Dak Prescott, who might be an MVP candidate. If you want to put Lamar Jackson in there, he was drafted 32nd. Um, You can put you know, go back a little ways. You, you you can put Russell Wilson, a third round pick in that conversation. Kirk Cousins, a fourth round pick. Brock Purdy, obviously, you know, Mr. Irrelevant and a real exception, I think, to to the rule, not, not what you would count on. But the reality of it is you don't have to get that guy at number one or number two. You can get him later. And, you know, my my question for you would be: We know a lot of the names. It's Penix, it's Bo Nix, it's Michael Pratt from Tulane. I think it's Shadur Sanders if he comes out. Um, you look at that second tier of quarterbacks that you didn't put in your first round, and you know who are guys that you would say, you know, could end up being. You know, long term solutions at quarterback for for whatever NFL team grabs. Yeah,
2: them. we'll have to see who declares that. That's a big part of this conversation. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers from Texas. What does he decide to do? Uh, this is a player who has clear talent. You, know, you see the arm talent. No wonder why he was a, a five star guy. Um, you know, there's he's a young player still. He he's a true junior, or actually a redshirt sophomore, uh, but he reclassified. Um, so you know, he's in reality uh, kind of a true sophomore. So still young, still growing. Um, he just missed this mock draft, but if he ends up in the first round, I don't think it'd be a huge surprise. Um, I, I, I don't think Carson Beck, the Georgia quarterback is going to declare. It probably goes back to Georgia, but you know, who knows if they win a national title, he might feel like, you know what, this is, this is my time. Let's, let's, let's make the jump. I think he is, uh, an an NFL starter. He's ascending at the right time. Um, I, Bo Nix, I think is a day two player uh someone that can give you starts i don't know that you feel confident he's going to be able to replicate this success he's having at oregon in the nfl um biggest thing with him is he just, he, he they just do such a great job with that offense where he knows exactly where to go the offensive line keeps him uh really untouched and you know he it's not you don't want to say it's easy for him but uh, it, it is, is a little more simplified than what he's going to see in the NFL, and I think that's that's where my doubts uh, or my concerns with uh, Bo Nix comes in. And same thing with Michael Penix. Um, you know, I see a lot of Michael Penix for the first round. I just, I, 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 Michael Penix to me is not a first rounder. I, probably not even a second rounder. He's more of a third, fourth rounder for me. Um, you know, I, he's another guy that really benefits from an offensive line and wide receivers. Um, I, I, the accuracy is very up and down <laughs> with him. Um, I I don't think he's going to be an option for anybody in the first round. Who knows? Once you get to day two, um, you know, all it takes is one team to fall in love with a player. So you know, it's it, 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 that's, that's something else I think is important to say with this. We talk about quarterback three and who's quarterback four. Opinions are going to be all over the place. Even really with the first two, um, I you know I could it, could we even see like a Jane Daniels, you know, maybe be quarterback one or two for a team. You never say never, you know, because all it takes is one team to have concerns about Caleb Williams' fumbles. Now he's got 33 over his career. Um, you know, look at Drake May and some of the reckless decisions that he makes and say, you know what, Jaden Daniels, he's he's mature. He's fifth-year senior, uh, started for five years. He's ready to step in, be the guy, be the leader of our franchise. You know, so I think you can – w- basically what I'm saying is let, let's not just say, okay, f- first two quarterbacks, set in stone, boom, that's it. If I if I shared some of the quarterback rankings some teams have had in the past, people would you know they'd lose their uh, they'd be kind of shocked because teams are just they're they're very different with how they see these guys and the culture fits uh, you know not every ske- guys a perfect scheme fit so the quarterback rankings from team to team are going to be all over the place and so I don't think there's going to be a consensus quarterback one two three four that's just not how it works that's not realistic. Um, but I think that more teams than not, will kind of look at Jane Daniels and say, okay, quarterback three, then it gets interesting. JJ McCarthy from Michigan. Does he enter this draft? If he does, I think they don't the intangibles, the tools. I, I think it'd be easy for a team to talk themselves into JJ McCarthy. And then that, that's where it gets really interesting. Um, I, I do think Shadur Sanders goes back. Um, but you know, it's until he makes it official uh, you know, it's uh, anything's possible. So this is a, uh, and then with this, I mentioned the seniors, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, uh, Michael Pratt from Tulane is a really quality quarterback. He's in my opinion, kind of this year's Aiden O'Connell, you know, that fourth round pick, fifth round pick, the guy that can be a spot starter, um, you, you know, it, but more likely a career backup, just somebody you want in your quarterback room uh, for the next, uh, you know, five, seven years, just a, a really quality player. And then there's some, um, you know, I know some teams, they're optimistic on Spencer Rattler at South Carolina. Um, you, you know, that we'll, we'll see how, you know, there's some of these uh, uh, guys like Cameron Ward from Washington State, you know, has, has a decision to make, go back, Take, take advantage of that COVID year or uh, uh, go to the NFL. So plenty of quarterback decisions that we need to keep an eye on here over the next month.
1: All right, Dane, before I let you go, I want to move off the quarterback conversation. And I want to talk about a draft decision that the Giants made a couple of years ago. Um, I want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. Evan Neal. Um, we talked to Joe Shane the other day, and obviously things haven't gone the way that the giants hoped or anticipated with Evan Neal the way that you know the way that uh that they hoped when they drafted him 7th overall joe said the other day in response to a question that i asked him that he still thinks that evan neal can be a right tackle in mm-hmm. the nfl i just want to ask you you going back to the way you evaluated evan neal if you can you know if you can recall have you been surprised by his struggles? Do you think he can be a right tackle? Do you think that the Giants ultimately have to look at him after two years and say, we need to move him into guard to sort of t- to rescue this pick, you know, and move on with you
2: know with with another right tackle? I, I am a little surprised that he struggled this much. Because it's the, you know obviously he's a big guy. He is, you know, right around that 340, 350 um, you know, range, but For someone that size, you know, he moves pretty well. This is, he's not a slug out there. I mean, he was number one on Bruce Feldman's freaks list that year for a reason. Uh, The fluidity that he plays with, the flexibility that he plays with. Um, And when we saw it at both spots, he played right tackle at Alabama. He played left tackle at Alabama. And he only gave up, you know, a handful of sacks his entire career in the SEC. You can count him on one hand. So I I think when you scouted him in college, it was easy to, look at what he did in that resume and say, OK, I, I feel comfortable with him translating to the outside tackle in uh, in the NFL. Now, obviously, it hasn't gone smoothly. Um, I, injuries have been an, a factor. Um, how much of a factor is debatable, um, but it is a little surprising that he hasn't. Uh, shown the growth that we expected to this point, but uh, you know what? I, I think it, uh, there, there's a couple tackles from that class. You look at Ike um, uh, it, from out of NC State, went to Carolina. Um, it, with the what the pick right before uh, Evan Neal? I think um right. he has mm-hmm. struggled mightily. Um, you know, so it's it's a position that it, not everyone's just a quick uh gonna adapt from day one and, and be the guy. And I think obviously Giants fans know that best with Andrew Thomas and, you know, his rough rookie season and then uh, the progress that he showed. So if you're the Giants, I think you're you look at Evan Neal. Yeah, you wish it was it was better to this point. You're just looking for progress. You know, you want to see him stack good snaps um, and, you know, stack good games. And if, if you're not seeing that progress, you definitely have to have a conversation about, um, you know, we're you going to uh, move him inside. He did start that was one thing I loved about Evan Neal was he started at three different positions his three years at Alabama. Left guard, then went to right tackle, then went to left tackle. So, you know, he has some of that functional uh, experience that you want at different positions. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's something that Giants, they're going to have a conversation about it. And if you're not seeing that progress, uh, maybe a move inside is what's best for him and the team. All right, Dane, I know that uh...
1: You're uh, up against it here in terms of time, so appreciate the uh, the input. Appreciate the time. Maybe when it gets closer to the draft, we'll uh, we'll try to chisel out another uh, twenty minutes, half an hour to uh, to update where things are at that point. So thank you very very much for for the time. Uh, just in case people don't know, um, you know where they can find your work and what you might have coming up. But the athletic after this mock.
2: Yeah. Uh follow me on Twitter, uh at DP Brugler. I'm, I'm gonna post all the links there. Um obviously everything's on the athletic. Um Prospects of Pros our podcast as well. So mock draft just dropped today. Plenty of good things uh coming up here as we get into the draft cycle. And then of course, uh the beast, the draft guide, uh that'll be out uh, you know, first week of April. That um, you know, I promise if you like the draft at all. Uh, you will not be disappointed with uh, the draft guide uh, with the mm-hmm. amount, amount of work that goes into it. So uh, people can look out, look forward to that as well. That thing all
1: by itself is worth the price of the athletic subscription. So I highly recommend it just uh, ju- just for that if you love the draft. All right, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.